Hey, y'all. Good morning and welcome back to a Tuesday, March 8th edition here on the Chase Thomas podcast. Uh, On today's show, uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit on the on the NFL uh, weekly program here on the Chase Thomas podcast during the offseason. We don't have games to talk about, but still just all kinds of NFL stuff that uh, Evan and myself need to hit on. So to do that, we're bringing in a weekly roundtable. So we're going to switch things up. Uh, It's not going to be forget the lines uh, without any uh, football to talk or any in-game action to talk about. Instead, this will be kind of around the NFL type deal. Um, Don't know what we're going to call it yet, but uh, kind of a a roundtable NFL discussion each week with different guests to talk all things NFL with Evan and myself. But we'll see uh, if you have an idea for what we should call this uh, weekly segment here on the podcast. Please do uh, tweet at us or email the show at chasemospodcasts at gmail.com. But yeah, Dalton Miller, first up of Pro Football Network, uh, great site. So go check that out if you've not already done so. It's great having Evan on to talk a lot of Cowboys and just um, the what happened with Calvin Ridley and the Falcons, um, the Niners trading Garoppolo and what that trade is going to look like, the Lions, where they're at in their rebuild, Cooper uh, being cut by the Cowboys, uh, Herbie moving to Amazon, it looks like. And uh, all that and more uh, popping up. On, oh, and then, of course, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. But all that and more on this edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Don't forget, you can actually watch this show on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube.com, the Chase Thomas Podcast right there. Hit that subscribe button, like, share it out, support the show on the video front. Um, and don't forget, if you are subscribed to this very podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you drop us a five-star rating and a review. Tell us why you like the show and uh, why other people should listen as well. That'd be great. Uh, don't forget, you can also visit the homepage, chasethomaspodcast.com, access to all of my previous episodes and uh, information about the show. And then, of course, last but not least, the daily newsletter, Sports Renaissance Man. That's me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast late on a Monday, but guess what? It's not just me this evening because it's the off-season, Evan, and we need we need variety in our off-season NFL talking uh, stratosphere. And to do that, I thought to kick off our off-season roundtable type discussions on these Monday night pods, uh, we had to bring in Evan's number one online uh call of duty i want to say nemesis i don't actually know what you guys play because i'm not a gamer so i just know that you guys play online all the time uh what what do y'all play evan and dalton what what is y'all's games of choice we play we've been so we actually met Mm -hmm. in the in the sense of actually knowing each other the way we know each other that during the pandemic when everybody was playing call of duty Warzone, uh i played with some of my friends and then i was you know on twitter was just like hey who else plays dalton's like i do and so, uh, yeah, we, we, we started playing together and, and have since met a bunch of people through that video game, which is hilarious, I think, yes. in itself. Um, and yeah, and because of that, you know, I, when I was in Dallas, I was like, hey, don't, let's go grab a beer. So internet How was that? friends. And then when I was in L.A., well, let's go grab, grab a couple of beers <laughs> and some shots and some yes. drinks. Yeah. Uh, so Evan was having some beers. Dalton, can you confirm? Was he like looking for White Claws? Was he missing White Claws? How did he? How honestly, did he approach that? By that, that yeah. point in the night, I don't even think I can remember what he was drinking. I think we were drinking like Coors Light or something at that point, though. Oh, I was okay. drinking White Claws in L.A. for sure. Were I was you? drinking White Claws and tequila. Remember. 
Um, but when we were in Dallas, I met you at like a that outdoor Katy Trail like, out. Uh, yeah, Katy Trail Outpost. Ain't ain't, ain't no white <laughs> claw down there. I'll tell you that much. They do they, have white claws. Not, it's not, not, it's not, not red there. Neck. That's like Highland Park type area I know, where but everybody it's like every time makes I'm a like, million dollars. I'm like, hey, can I have a white claw? They're like, we don't serve white claw. That's, that like, is oh, not he's how doing... they acted at all. What is Evan? He has this thing, Dalton. Like you understand this because we're from the South. We have uh, Evan has this idea, this Portland perspective on the South that he just <laughs> throws out there and he does this voice. He wants to make sure all of my local listeners are just like, oh, well, let's just go ahead and move on from this podcast. Yeah, and we like, don't need to listen to this Evan guy. Yeah. I That's, mean, mm-hmm. I, I, and, you know, I lived hard. First off, <laughs> Sorry, we're getting way off, off the rails at this point. Off, I will say this, though. The lady that uh, was my server at that place when I went with my buddy's uh, scout had the most aggressive Southern accent I've ever. She definitely called me honey mm-hmm. uh, said y'all like six times. I don't even think it was needed for the sentence that she used, but she said it anyways. Like she was right. like very like, yeah, it was great. I was like, this is, this is outstanding. This is exactly what I want. It's being nice. I say y'all a lot too. I, y'all is a perfectly Same. fine word. Yeah. Right. How no, are y'all doing? Yeah. But I'm saying, like, it was a great experience. It was my first time in Dallas. I was like, I was like, I want someone to call me honey. You know, like, hey, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. It's great. We actually just had like that's actually it's not honey, but I don't know if you've had this problem, Dalton. But like, um, I was like, I was raised. It was very, very ardent to to use ma'am, like, thank you, ma'am, and mm-hmm. yes, sir. And like my dad's a uh, former Marine and I come from military family. Like there is no back and forth road. Like, are you sure we should be saying that? Cause I don't know if uh young women actually like that very much or women actually like the ma'am it makes them feel old. And I, uh, I don't know. I just have always done that. And I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was like, I don't think people want it. Cause I said, she heard me say ma'am to somebody or I was like, thank you, ma'am. And she was like, I don't know if that's good. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it doesn't even matter if it's good. I have been programmed to say that for the rest of my life. That's not changing. Like mm-hmm. that was doctored in me from a very young age and it's gone. Like that is what's happening. It's thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. I don't care. Like it's just, I, I it's over. Is that how it was for you? Uh, a little bit different. I actually grew up in Pennsylvania, but okay. I mean, if, if you guys know anything about Pennsylvania, which most people actually don't, it's, uh, it's pretty much Philadelphia on one side, Pittsburgh on the other and Alabama in the middle. Uh, so even everybody around here says y'all, um, we, we all, uh, work Carhartt and camo and go hunting, uh, on the, uh, the first Monday after every, uh, Thanksgiving day, except for now when it actually opens up the day after, I believe on Friday or Saturday. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about as Southern as it can be for being above the Mason Dixon line. I mean, it's, it's all the same though. If you go to Oregon, anywhere that's not Portland, they all are like convinced that they grew up in like as you know deep deep south alabama oh yeah ever like you know you'll see confederate flags you'll see mm-hmm. like people talking with an accent i'm like it's you live next to beaverton nike's campus is right over like what are we doing like where's this accent coming i mean it reminds me of Derek carr and you know growing up in fresno uh and in that area and you know, he talks he talks with the southern Mm-hmm. you know it's that type of thing it's just like those people it's just like whenever you're not in the big city of whatever state that you have i think well i mean evan the 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 dude's brother's name is david duke Carr. so yeah. wait is that really his middle name yeah that's really his middle name <laughs> i didn't know that yeah it's it's not a good look for sure 
I didn't know. Uh, that. I guess depending on how you look at it, but there's also a David Duke in the NBA. He's a he's a guard. He played at Providence for a little while. He's Wait, a I didn't know yeah. That. There's a David Duke, and he like refused to change his name. I think it's like David Duke Jr. I want to say, but it was like good for yeah. Him. Yeah, David Duke Jr. Yeah, here he is. Oh, yeah. His real full name is David Duke Jr. Yeah, mm. 22 out of Providence um, in the G League right now. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably change it. I, I don't think I can handle it. I get the whole, it's my name. I I, I would still just be like, uh, I'm probably going to make a make an adjustment there. Um, you know what? Well, my, my, my grandfather named my dad Hitler. My dad named me Hitler. And you know what? I am going to be Hitler. Like, yeah, no, change your name. <laughs> what a start to this podcast we're six minutes in and i never like i didn't know where this was gonna go with evan and dalton but this is fun this is fun um you got a pretty sweet setup down there though uh dalton and you can see this on youtube so just type in the chase Holmes podcast and you can see up close and personal what uh what kind of gaming setup uh dalton's got because he's got we so we both share the gaming chair. I got a gaming chair not to game, but because these are so comfortable. Yeah. Like these things I can sit, like I need something comfortable to sit in. And these chairs are legit. But you've also got a very good bottle collection going on behind you. It, it's a good look. And you got different lights coming. You got some red, white, and blue. You've got, got a lot going on here. You you're, you yep. were made for Discord and Twitch. I was made for it. Um, I'm not good enough in video games to actually get a big following in video games, um, but I have a lot of fun doing it, so I go all out with it. I have a bunch of monitors. I have two computers, and I have a gaming laptop. Um, and then, obviously, like I, the signs back there, I actually tactically acquired them when my brigade disbanded when we got back from Afghanistan. They were taking them down off of the... Allegedly. building and uh and i they were like get rid of them and i said okay i'll get rid of them and i took them I love so, it. that's cool they look great little memento there you go how how long were you in afghanistan oh, i was in afghanistan for nine months nine months okay mm-hmm. well very cool very cool um coming from i know because you were in the army right you were yeah, in army, army. Yeah. very cool yeah i have a lot of army and marines from my my side of side of things um well dalton um we are going to start because we start every one of our podcasts checking in with our teams and there's some stuff that we got to work through with the falcons today unfortunately the falcons went full falcons and i have some thoughts i have some i have some very somber just we'll, we'll get into it and then evan his team with the niners and they they pulled brian greasy away they broke up just the unforgettable Monday night football booth. And uh, I don't know how we're going to be able to get over that, but yeah, Kyle Shanahan upending ESPN's Monday night football booth, but Dalton, your team though, I want to start here. Your Dallas Cowboys. They cut or are going to cut Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is not long for Dallas. It looks like um, what, uh, what do you make of Dallas's cap situation? Um, was this always coming this off season with Cooper what does uh what does the future i guess the next couple of weeks look like with dallas just with cooper with their draft strategy with what they're going to be able to do with free agency because of their cap situation what where are you at right now with the cowboys yeah they're uh they're going to cut amari cooper i kind of saw this coming when they started to do some some restructures in the season um and they hit a couple of the guys uh, they hit Ezekiel Elliott, so you knew he was going to be around for 2022 never touched amari's contract at all um, and that's how I kind of knew that this was going to to be a possibility. 
Um, he did not get vaccinated. Um, and no matter how we feel about the vaccination status of players or not, doesn't matter. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and the organization were not happy with Amari Cooper for not getting vaccinated. And then he ended up missing games because of it. So um, they weren't happy with him. Uh, they weren't happy with paying $20 million for somebody who, you know, this offense doesn't really ask for a wide receiver to be a, a true legitimate number one guy. It's an offense that really spreads the ball out. It's a scheme over, you know, talent type of, of, of passing attack. I don't love it, um, but that's the way that they do things. And they don't think that they need to pay him $20 million, but they will turn around and try to get a long-term deal done with Michael Gallup, uh, a guy who hmm. got injured last year, uh, calf, knee, ACL uh, at the end of the year. And they're probably going to end up, paying him about $13 million a year. And then they also have Dalton Schultz, who they will probably franchise tag. Um, so you're going to see, you're going to see Amari Cooper get cut. You might even see Tank Lawrence get cut from the defensive side of the ball to wow. create cap space. So they're going to cut two of their best players to pay oh. two more mediocre players um, and then just not have a clue what they're going to do in the draft. It's it's going to be a great time for Cowboys fans. Real quick, I don't want you to spend too much time there, but how yeah. good did Lawrence do last year, and how good is he right good. now? He's great. He he really is. When he is on the field, and, and prior to this season, he was on the field for quite a bit um, b- before getting hurt this year, and the sack numbers aren't always there. He hasn't always had somebody on the opposite side to help him out. You know, the years prior, he had one of the highest double team rates in the NFL. This year he came back, he was healthy and he was really good. He's amazing against the run. He's one of the best run defending defensive ends in the NFL. And then he also is a great pass rusher as well. He just doesn't win with, you know, the, like some of the speed rushers do. So he can't win instantaneously on the arc. He has to kind of win with technique instead um, and he doesn't always get there because he was usually the only guy that was rushing the passer, and that just didn't come to fruition um, until this year because until this year they didn't have Randy Gregory on the other side. They didn't have Michael Parsons to, to rush the passer either. So obviously, I don't know, it's, it's not a one-for-one. One. It's not the same, but would you – is there a world where you don't take Michael Gallup, but you keep tank? Cause I personally, wouldn't that be the better option? Well, the issue is you're, you're already getting rid of Amari Cooper. You're also going to let Michael Gallup walk. That makes things incredibly difficult because that leaves CeeDee lamb on an Island as the, the wide receiver one. And I just don't think that he is there yet. He is the Cowboys wide receiver one right now. He's the most targeted guy. I don't think that he can carry that type of of load. You know, he's not going to go out there and, and get 160 targets, 170 targets, um, and be able to make up for not having other talent around him. Um, and that's the issue with not bringing one of Gallup or one of Gallup or or Cooper back is that you're losing those two and Cedric Wilson, their fourth wide receiver, who is probably the best number four wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to probably end up losing him too because I think teams will realize that's a good player. It just needs an opportunity. So it sounds like to me, and this was something that it seemed like it was coming out, but they that loss to the Niners was just devastating for the mm-hmm. Cowboys because so much was wrapped into them taking advantage of last year and having that whole yes. group together. So it... <sighs> Is it Evan loved it? it. No, last last year. No, last year was their year. It it was. I was incredibly excited throughout the year last year. Even when things started to go wrong, I thought they could turn it around. 
And then that front four from some from San Francisco just didn't let that offense do anything. And then listen, you know, I, I got to give that that defensive front props. They're unbelievable. It's really too bad that the NFL season ended after that game. It, I would have loved <laughs> Terrible, to have seen. Right? I would have loved to see how it would have ended, you know. Uh, but obviously, as we know, COVID being what it was, the season wasn't able to end. They had to forfeit the entire season. Really, too bad. Um, I feel I would love to jump in on this playoff conversation with you guys. I hope to experience that again sometime soon. <laughs> hey, man. Well, hey, you could be on the sidelines betting on the games with uh, Calvin. <sighs> Oh my god! I, I still hold on. I have a couple other things. The Cowboys. We'll get to Mr. Ridley. I we'll get to Mr. Ridley. Um, is there a path though to that? Because the NFC, the thing about the Cowboys that does help them is that they are in a weak division. And I think the I think it just came out today that the NFC East is going to have the weakest schedule of all the NFL teams this season. So that's something that should also benefit Dallas. Like even with last year being their year, with just having this entire group. I don't think they have a choice but to be the favorites in the NFC East again. I don't think they can really retool. And it it also just helps that like they did have continuity. Like Dan Quinn could have left and it seemed like Mm -hmm. he was going to get another job and he's back, which is huge for them. And then Kellen Moore didn't get a job. So the fact that they got that continuity, because I know how we all feel, I think, about Mike McCarthy as a head coach, (laughs) that he's a coach that is more of a CEO type that needs those elite coordinators. So I think dodging that bullet, I think that matters a little bit, right? CEO yes. or Amen. Queen of England? <laughs> I, I, yeah. CEO? I think he's or, more of the Queen of England. Or just right. a figurehead. So, either way, he needs yeah. good coordinators. Yeah. And it is good to have them back. And yes, the, the NFC East is terrible. They're, they're going to probably win the division and make the playoffs, but I just. They're the Cowboys. There, there are been, smart moves. There are. There, it is very. Like. Yeah, but they the don't do right, it. That's what I'm saying, though. The right, the right moves could be made to put the Cowboys right back in the saddle, ready to go and compete they could for have, another Super Bowl. They but could like, have ran it back with the same team. If they just restructured a couple contracts, they could have just ran it back with the same team. You go get Emmanuel Sanders for like $7 million, you know, instead of Michael Gallup for 13 or 15 or whatever it's going to take. Use that money. Keep Tank. Like, I just – it doesn't really – I'll, I'll uh, never understand. Never it. should have gotten. Never should have even considered getting rid of Cooper either. But they, I just, we can't I mean, tell I, them what to do. Unfortunately. So it sounds like it was. So from your perspective, the reason it wasn't a football reason. It was not an on the field well, reason. No, moving no, on from Cooper. It was definitely partially a football reason as well. He's okay. Cooper's always had nagging injuries. When you are six foot yeah. two and 220, 225 pounds, <laughs> and you move the way that he does. The, the human body just isn't built to move like that on turf the way that it does. So he's always had nagging foot and ankle injuries because, and it's amazing, honestly, that he hasn't blown his knee out because we all know what turf fields do, especially if you have a guy that big and that powerful getting in and out of breaks the way that he does. Would you be surprised if they make some calls about AB? Yeah. 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 No, he's, yeah, he's no. No way. Yeah, you, you absolutely can't. Jerry Jones no. wouldn't do it. Okay. No, you get, no not all, especially that. Though. You've already tried you know, moves like Randy Gregory, right? You've had some questionable. Speaking of Randy Gregory, is he, a, is he a cowboy next year? Yeah, 100%. Randy, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to let him go. They, they love Randy. Um, they've been through a lot with Randy. Um, and now that he's actually back and able to play football because the NFL is not 
yeah. spending for marijuana anymore. We're, we're good to go. Yeah. Um, the last thing on the Cowboys, and we'll we'll move on. Um, so for folks that like did not watch all seventeen regular season games of Micah Parsons, and they just have heard like he's one of those guys where I've watched some Micah Parsons, I've watched the playoff game, I've watched some tape on Micah Parsons. But I have not watched enough to like understand, I guess, to to have a strong take on what makes him such a transformational linebacker in today's NFL and what kind of season he had for somebody that watched a bunch of Micah Parsons tape this year. Dalton, what separates him and what makes him a special, special defensive player? He's going to be the best player in the NFL in two or three years. He's oh wow, he's that unbelievable. I've never seen anything like him. And there's some freaks in this draft class, as we just saw the NFL Combine go. But the way he moves is just different. I mean, he teleports from point A to point B. He's doing that at 250 pounds. He can bend. He hadn't played defensive end since high school, and he's out there destroying professional offensive tackles like. His skill set is just something that I have never seen before. And I know people want to talk about him being Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was was about the same size, but he was more physical. He was more yeah. of a, 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 a scary presence. Mike is just a blur on the field. And the thing that makes Mike a different on top of his freakish athleticism is that dude is just 100% about ball. Like No matter what's happening, He's always tweeting about football. He's watching all of the games. Like he is a fan of the game on top of being this this freak athlete. So all he wants to do right. is As play football and get to better. Taylor, who was a fan of cocaine, right? Yeah, a little yes. bit different. And underage girls, yes. Right. Yes. A little different. A little different. The priorities are different, right? Yes. One hundred. I will say this though. You know, Micah Parsons on not even at playing at one hundred percent because he did seem a little yes. injured. And in he was banged up game. towards the end of the year. He, in that 49ers playoff game, he was single-handedly propping that defense up yes. and really that team. He yes. was keeping them in that game in a way they should not have been, and he was the one that was injured. It was t- terrifying as a human yes. being and as a foot fan of football to watch him play on the other side of the field. It's, um, he is unbelievable, and if he would have rushed the passer more at Penn State, there's no shot he would have gotten out of the top five. Right. Well, Evan, your team, like we we mentioned at the top of the show, Brian Greasy, your new quarterbacks coach, because your OC joined the SEC East, he wants that Tennessee smoke. Rich Scangranello, is that how you pronounce that name? Scangarello. Yeah, who uh, has bounced around a lot. I swear, he's been on like a different team every year. For he's just a different Shanahan guy. Sucks. Well, that's good news because I uh, I need Kentucky to to come back down to earth a little bit. So that's yeah. it's good news. Um, when the balls just knock off another overrated Kentucky team again this year, it's gonna be great. Um, but your team, you have a new QB coach, but Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously not going to be a San Francisco 49er this time next year. Mm-hmm. Trade offers are popping up. I saw someone tweet out, friend of the pod, Jarrett Bailey, said that if Jimmy Garoppolo was a Carolina Panther, the Panthers win the division this fall. Don't know if I agree with that. But what do you think the return is going to be for Jimmy Garoppolo at this point? Are you are you starting to think like, okay, mm. this is probably what we're going to get for him? It's hard, right? So 
he obviously just announced that he was going to be getting surgery, the capsule of his shoulder needing a minor surgery. They're saying it's not a big deal. Everything I've heard, it's not a big deal, but it's still an injury. An injury before you're about to get traded is never a good thing. Um, in terms of what I think we get, I think a second rounder is really starting to make sense. Um, maybe maybe something else, but like, you know, at the end of the day, I think you always overpay for QBs, no matter what, right. We're about to hear about how Mitch Trubisky is going to make 10 plus million dollars as a bad quarterback in the NFL. Um, And that's what I'm thinking. Like 45, 49ers fans, like on my timeline, were always so like offended at this idea. Cause they're like, no, I watched Jimmy. He's, he sucked. Or, you you know, he's, he lost games or, you know, he lost us the big games. My heart hurt, like whatever. And I don't think that they were able to like, really like allow themselves to understand that quarterbacks are overpaid. So the compensation for Jimmy will probably be good. I think we're going to probably see something in the next week or so. I don't think it's going to take very long. So you think it'll be before the draft? Uh, yeah, I do. I don't, cause they got to make free agent moves, right? So they, they don't really have. Well, I guess to... the reason I was thinking it might be after the draft is just because the teams that don't take one and like, and then they just see um, where they stand. But Jimmy, he could just, it, he's so interesting because he can go to so many different teams. Like he makes sense on a lot of different fronts. And there are people, the way people talk about Jimmy is just interesting to me because. It's very think, polarizing. But like, if you're Minnesota, would you rather have Jimmy at under center this next year? No, or would you rather Jimmy. have Kirk Cousins? You can't. So yeah, Minnesota, Atlanta. Right? I'm not saying they can do it. I'm just saying that like there's teams around the league where I'm like, I think I would rather have Jimmy. I think there's people. So, Dalton's me, shaking his head. He's more of a Kirk Cousins guy. I got. Let me just say this because obviously you know I've got this all mm-hmm. in my head and I've tweeted it a bunch. There are teams like the Colts and the Panthers who made that that gamble. Right? They're like, we're mm-hmm. going to go for high risk, high reward. Right? They're like. These guys have not really played out as well as they were supposed to. Wentz being a very high pick, uh, Darnold being a very high pick, and it didn't pan out, right? So, like, they kind of like, hey, maybe we can bring them in, give them a better support system, give them some weapons. It obviously didn't work. And I think those are the kind of teams that you're going to see very much so looking for Jimmy. Jimmy's a very safe option. I, you know, you know me, I'll say it again. I'll, I'll say it all the time. I've heard... I'm not, I don't have sources. I don't know, you know, I don't know anybody in the industry, but I have friends that talk that know friends and, you know, whatever. And uh, a lot of the things that I was hearing, hearing about the combine, combine and, you know, everybody's there is that uh, a, a lot of the people on the 49ers are like big fans of Jimmy. And uh, not only that, but some of the coaches that are leaving are pretty big fans of Jimmy and might even think that they could potentially do more with Jimmy than Kyle did. Uh, or that Kyle was very specific. You know, I've talked to you ad nauseum, Chase, about, you know, I don't think that Kyle lets Jimmy do his thing, right? I don't, you know, I've always been like, I think that he's very like, Kyle's Kyle's the kind of coach that will be like, here's the read, you're going to make the read, or I'll kill you. Like, to me, that's just the way I think that, I like that's, that's to me, in my head, like the way I watch Kyle talk, the way I watch him in games, like that's the personality type I think he has. My system is better than anything else. I know better. You're going to do what I say. I've always thought that. I've said that on your podcast two years ago. And uh, I had a conversation last week uh, with someone that was at the combine. And he basically confirmed that. That for the most part, Jimmy has been told this is what you're going to do. 
And he hasn't been allowed to venture off. And then, you know, the best part about Jimmy that we saw was the first five games of the season when he first got traded for when he didn't know the offense yet. And Kyle couldn't do that. So who knows if it's true. But to your question, I think that's what teams are going to be trading for. A guy that is safe, that can get the job done, that can win you football games. And, hey, you know, if Carolina trades for him, right, do they also maybe draft a quarterback too, right? Same thing. I don't, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think anyone wants Jimmy to come in and be their long-term solution, but I think they want him to come in and, and be a really solid, safe option that can actually go win games. Cause Carson, if you're Wentz, Tampa, that's not a bad thing. Like if you're Indianapolis, I think that's a huge home run for them. I don't know. I, I just look at where they are and where that roster is, especially with Jonathan Taylor and the way that offense is set up. I mean, if you're trying to talk yourself into Mitch Trubisky, who I think will be the quarterback in Indiana and so, Indianapolis this next year, like just go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. What are you doing? Just, and just I'll tell you for this. Jimmy. Another little little thing that I heard, which is Uh-oh. fun, um, was that if Mac Jones got taken uh, before New England could have got to him, Jimmy mm-hmm. would be in New England right now. Huh. Like literally right now. Like that's who Bill Belichick wanted specifically. Once again, I don't have sources. This is just what I heard. It could all be complete BS. But I trust this person a lot. And he does, you know, I, I trust this person. So long story short, I think that the the that Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna have a bigger market than people want to admit. And you said I think the Bucks are probably like that's like my dark horse. Like if he goes yeah. to the Bucks, I mean, you know, Bill Belichick has is very high on him, and he was very high on Tom Brady. He learned under Tom Brady. Why not go carry the mantle uh, in in uh, Tampa Bay? Dalton, what do you think? You want him throwing the ball down the field towards the sideline? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. I do. I really do. Evan's a believer, Dalton. Don't do this to him. Don't I know, I him. know. Evan's a believer, no, 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 and I'm no, no, not no, no, a believer. No. But, no, but also, more than I just anything, don't think. I just don't think that is a good fit for him. I think Indianapolis would be a great fit for Jimmy. I, I really, I truly do. So would um, New Orleans too. New Orleans would be enough. Well, New Orleans with Sean Payton would have been. I don't know what they're going to look like now. Right. Um, but I, uh, but I agree with you. Somewhere where. He can kind of work over the middle of the field somewhere where he has a little bit of a rushing attack somewhere where he doesn't have to be the playmaker. And that's that's what he needs. He needs that because every time you get him outside of the pocket, you hope that he throws the ball away because it's the (laughs) best. That's the best outcome. But I will say this as a as a guy who has, for the most part, been a complete Jimmy fan and defender and you know I, mean, I have always been a fan of whoever i'm getting him on the podcast i need the that's what we all need dalton you and i we're gonna have jimmy on and then we're just gonna be on the outside looking in just let jimmy and evan sort just it out on. have a but, romance yeah you know, but like I'm, to, to the point of all of this the 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 kind of the wrap uh wrapping all of it up mm. i really want jimmy to go to a team next year where he's gonna be asked to do everything not because i think he can or think he can't but i just want to know I want him out of Kyle's scheme. I want him out from under Kyle Shanahan in general. I want him on a team where they're going to be good enough to at least compete. And I just want to see it. How was Jimmy only successful because of Kyle's system? Can he be successful without it? Can he be more successful in maybe a different system? I, I just want to see because I'm if you know if he goes to another team and has a Sam Darnold year, I'll be like, all right, it was all Kyle. Yeah. 
But if he doesn't, and he plays well, it would just be so interesting. You just you didn't want to say interesting. You wanted to say it would just be so beautiful. You wanted to say beautiful there. I saw your face. You changed your mind. You didn't. You you didn't. I, 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 I saw that. Say, I wasn't going to be say beautiful, but it would just be very great. It would be awesome. yes. Look at I, how we light up the room. I he, he lights up the room for you, man. Um, wait. So Dalton, if you don't want Jimmy in uh, San Francisco or in um, Tampa Bay, who would you like to see in Tampa Russ. Bay? Okay. Russ, one hundred percent. Just him chucking the ball downfield to Mike Evans would be outstanding. That's all I. That's all I want in life. So you think well, Russ would be fun in a Bruce Arians game? You think that would yes. work for him? Yes, one hundred percent. Throw the ball downfield. That's what he does best, really. Um, he is kind of the anti-Jimmy. He's down the field towards the sidelines, and Jimmy's the guy who throws the ball over the middle, and Russ is the guy who doesn't really do that as as often. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, let's let's do the worst part of this podcast that I have no interest in doing. I I don't really want to do this, but we have to do this because it's just I I really have no words. But of course, the Falcons were the first team to fall victim to uh, sports gambling, uh, becoming a prominent fixture here in our lives. Um, Calvin Ridley had some fun during his offseason uh, or during the uh, during the late part of the season when he was away from the team. And did a couple parlays. One of them involved the Falcons. He uh, bet on the Falcons to win, I believe. Uh, and then he decided to tweet a bunch this afternoon, um, which I cannot believe are still yes. up. Like as, as of the right, kids call tweeting through it. And this, what was interesting to me though about all of this is that the NFL has known about this for months, and that the Falcons have known for at least a month, and that he admitted to the NFL previously that this was all legit. And we've just had for weeks people speculating, like, what's the trade value? Are the Pats going to trade for Ridley? It's so interesting that this did not get out until today. Like, the fact that this has been under wraps for this long just blew my mind. But also, here's a, here's a, here's a take for you guys. Uh, the Falcons are in trouble because the Falcons were going, like, everything that they needed from Ridley. So you lose Julio last year. That's fine. Like Julio, we saw what he did in Tennessee. It's over. Like you're not getting 17 games from Julio Jones anymore. Like at this point, he needed to go to contender. He needed to do his thing. Love Julio forever. Now you're in a situation where you can't even trade Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley is a great talent. He was a a great player. He would have fit so well with Kyle Pitts. You've already used the high draft capital on Kyle Pitts. You still have Matt Ryan in the building who needs somebody like Calvin Ridley. If you're really going to make one final run in the remainder of his prime. Now you can't move him and he's just gone. Like he's just gone. And they already couldn't really afford to use a first round pick on a receiver. Couldn't do it. They have too many needs on defense. Like there's just holes everywhere. Now I don't know how you don't, because if you're going to keep Matt Ryan for next year and you've already used so much draft capital on the offensive line anyway, I, I don't know how you don't at this point use an early pick on a receiver. You might even have to dip into free agency or dip into the trade market for another pass catcher, because I don't know if you watched a lot of Falcons this past year, Dalton, it was a lot of eliminate Zacchaeus. It was it was a lot of that. It was horrific with Taji Sharp being a big time option for a lot of this season. Didn't enjoy it. I didn't have fun. I had a really miserable, miserable time this past year. And I think next year might be more miserable. It will be. And, okay. well, I, hate, hold on. I hate to say they, they don't have any money. They don't have any money. They don't have a receiver. They can't do anything to remedy that situation. Like, are you, 
Are you not at least a little excited at all watching these receivers run the 40 this week? No. I don't want to take a receiver in the first round, but I don't think we have a choice now. But you don't have to necessarily take them in the fourth, first round. There's a lot of – I mean, Dalton, you know better than I, but I feel like they're – after watching, like, the athleticism that is being showcased in, in the combine, like, there's going to be some talent. I'm no, just more yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of good receivers in the draft. It's just there's so many needs on that football team because yeah, that football team won seven games. They probably should have won four. Like it was not a good football team. Their point differential was one of the worst in the entire NFL. They didn't deserve the seven wins. They deserved a better <laughs> draft slot. And if they would have, they might have gotten a better player in the draft too. Well, it's also fun. They, they, if you were going to gamble on a sports team last year, I think I told Evan where I was like every week, I was like the Falcons were the easiest team to bet on because they played to their competition. Like they, beat, the Vikings. yes, they beat the bad teams and they had no shot of being any good teams on their schedule. Like they just mm-hmm. went in knowing that they were not. And that's where they got the seven wins. They were like, Oh, we beat everyone that we were technically better than. Um, but yeah, it's a frustrating spot because now I don't know what you do. If, if you're Matt Ryan, what are you thinking? You're like, I just lost Ridley for the year, probably forever. Cause I don't think Calvin Ridley, well, it's still lost, early. Remember mm-hmm. you lost Julio Jones because right. they were like, we've got Calvin Ridley. Well, Julio and wanted out. Now, but I know, but I'm saying like, you were already like, okay with Julio wanting out and that mm-hmm. happening because you're like, well, we have Calvin Ridley and we just drafted Kyle Pitts. And right. now the, the, the little bit of a safety net you have on that offense is gone. Do you know what I would have want, wanted now? Um, doing a redraft, shout out to the fellow Atlanta sports guy, Max Markovich, who was pitching at the time, Michael Parsons. And if we had just taken Parsons at four, I, if we could redo the draft all over again, I would uh, I would probably take Parsons in a redraft. If, Joe, uh, that, how bold of you? I would, have I, taken, I would have taken Kyle Pitts at 12 in a heartbeat. Let's yeah. do it. See, Kyle Pitts is fun, man. He's a matchup nightmare. Like He's fun, but like he didn't get the ball. Like he did not score a touchdown for us. No, it was disgusting. I, I I watched him play. It was it was disgusting to to watch him not get the ball, and he still quietly had over a thousand yards receiving, which was ridiculous because, like you said, it just felt like he didn't even touch it. No, if you watch the games, Kyle Pitts was not a. It was not a George Kittle, Travis Kelsey like we're hitting him with target after target after target. It was just not that kind of offense. And we watched a lot of a lot of um, Mike Davis three yard halfback dives. Watched oh, a lot of that this 49ers past year. legend. Oh my goodness. I mean, Cordero Patterson made the season fun sometimes. Like Cordero is awesome and he's just such a fun story. And, and I hope he was, well, we don't know. Cordero might be back. Um, we'll yeah. see in the next week or so, but yeah, I don't know. The Falcons are in a rough spot. Now I'm just curious if Matt Ryan's like, all right, now I don't have anybody. Like there's no path to the Falcons being good next year. There is no path. So if you're Matt Ryan, you're already friends with Stafford. Are you just like, hey, man, I, I think uh, we're going to go to the team if you're Matt Ryan's agent. It's like we you need to do us a solid. It's it's time for us to go to Denver. It's it's time for us to go to Pittsburgh or it's time for us to go somewhere else because there's nowhere like there is no path now for the Falcons to win of any substance yeah, for the remainder of Ryan's part. There's no. Yeah. Ryan yeah. has to go. I, I mean, I will say this. No, and this is no knock to any of the order, other quarterbacks. Matt Ryan is still very good. You put him on the Denver Broncos, they can compete for a Super Bowl. You put him on the Steelers, they can compete for a Super Bowl. Like he's damn good. I just don't know if he'll do it. Like he's the. It just will hurt. So like to lose Julio the way we did, and then to lose Matt Ryan in two out of three years is just 
devastating. You know, and let me just tell you, you just got up as a 49ers fan. I know very well. Pull the Band-Aid. Let it all burn <laughs> down. Let it all burn down. You already we'll lost Julio. You lost Calvin. Take out Matt Ryan to get something back. Blow it up. It might be the case. Um, Sean McVay staying in Los Angeles. So he spurns the broadcast booth. I told you, Evan, remember when you were, we were, we were talking about this a month ago where I was like, I, I could see it. I, I just, his days are numbered. At the very least, he didn't take this one. He got the ring. That man wants to enjoy his life, enjoy family. Like he is not long for the coaching world. Um, and he, he spurns Amazon, but instead... We get Kirk Herbstreet in the booth on Thursday nights. It looks like Mike Mayock might be involved in the Amazon Thursday night at some at some level, uh, based on early reporting. But what uh, what do you make of Sean McVay coming back for at least one more year in Los Angeles? Probably a couple more. But Von Miller posting some stuff that he's out that he's uh, he's going maybe going back to Denver. He was talking about the altitude, I think, or something something about the, uh, in Denver this he week. He said he wanted his old locker back. Yeah. Just, I don't know. What uh, what do you think about Sean McVay uh, not leaving for the booth and coming back in Los Angeles next year? Yeah, I mean, I never thought he was going to stop this year. I thought, okay. you know, I, I think if he's going to stop, he plays or he coaches until Donald's out. Once Aaron Donald retires, he can hang him up. He can go hang out with his supermodel wife um, and, and start a little family there. Because, yeah, these coaches can't. I mean, they can have families like physically, but they can't really have families with their their day job. So when he gets into the broadcast booth, he'll have so much more time. He'll pick up golfing. Um, and I think he'll be a fantastic analyst eventually. And you can always go back. I mean, it's like yeah. the Gruden thing. Like Gruden was 100%. linked to every job for every year. Like there was Gruden watch here in Knoxville. Like that was a yeah. yearly thing. Like it was just... He can always go back, and uh, I think he knows that. But I, I am curious to see what happens there. Uh, any final thoughts on McVay, Evan? I just think, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I tweeted today. Is like when you saw that, when Von Miller was talking about that, like I'm sitting here like, you know, they won the Super Bowl. It was, it was worth it. Everything they did, it was worth it. But here we go. Von Miller's going to be gone now. OBJ towards ACL like obviously that wasn't a part of the plan and that's terrible but like I'm just saying like these things like the 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 after effects the dominoes that will fall because of the moves that they made to rightfully so win the Super Bowl are going to happen now I'm not worried about the Rams next year oh sorry okay I mean I'm not I mean like they have no picks Whitworth's gone right Whitworth's retired for sure Whitworth is gone Mm -hmm. uh you know, Von Miller's gone. OBJ is going to be out for the entire season. So, you know, it, these are – it was it was all worth it. I, I would do it 10 out of 10 times, obviously. You win a Super Bowl, nothing else matters. But the Rams are going to have trouble competing next year. It's going to be interesting. I The NFC West, I just – it's so hard to forecast right now. The NFC West is just fully well, – I think – the. I would say the NFC West is the most volatile division going into the offseason because you have Kyler and the weird stuff there. And the fact that they extended Kime and Cliff seems to indicate that they're probably going to get something done with Kyler. But that stuff continues to be the weirdest part of that division. Then you have Russ. Is Russ a Seahawk? Like, who knows? Um, I don't like we and the Niners. We have no idea what Trey Lance is going to be in San Francisco. No idea. 
might be a mm. star, might not be good. We have you, no clue yet. You, and uh, then mm. I want to say something to that before we get into other stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, yeah, Jordan. 49ers Twitter splash cousins. Uh, Jordan is mm-hmm. one of the great, great follow, great follows of 49ers Twitter was at the combine and he did an incredible job with content period. But one of the things that he did and he talked about, he's like, I went out and I talked to just about anybody that I could that, that seemed like they might know something, you know, that just in general, just to get the vibe check, if you will. And he said that everyone he spoke to says the, the the word around the NFL is that there's a lot of excitement for Trey Lance and a lot of people think he's going to be good. There's not, he said he didn't speak to one person that was like, yeah, I don't know about Trey. I think it's just, I, you know, I think we're like really talking ourselves out of that. He was the, you know, number, number three overall pick. He should have been number two, right? Like, Whoa, Trey whoa, Lance. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm not punting on Zach Wilson Island. I'm still running in my Jordan White headband every day because of hey, Mr. Zach Wilson. Hey, it's a great Wilson. headband. It's a great I, it's headband. A great headband. It's, but you know what I'm saying? Like he is – Trey Lance is – in any other situation, people would be so excited about Trey Lance. And I feel like we're not like as like hyped – just because the Jimmy situation, because they lost the super, you know, lost the NFC championship, but like Trey Lance is coming. What do you think Dalton? Are you a Trey Lance guy? I was a Trey Lance guy coming out. He was my QB three. Um, he was behind Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Um, Are you selling any field stock at the moment? No, absolutely not. I actually think that in when he actually got to run the offense that is built around him, I thought that he looked good. Now the issue is the offensive line is terrible and it's a downfield passing attack. So we didn't really have time to throw the ball very often. Um, and so he took a bunch of sacks and he's going to have to get better at, at, you know, getting the ball out a little bit quicker as well. Um, he's going to have to work on his quick game a little bit, but I think he's an athletic freak. Obviously um, the dude ran a four, four at 230 pounds. Um, Trey Lance is, not quite as athletic, but he can do a lot of the same things as a runner. He's a physical runner as well. Um, and then he obviously has an absolute rocket launcher um, attached to his right shoulder. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, you know, his, uh, his mechanics are incredibly clean as well. He just needed reps. And, and honestly, you know, we say he needed reps. He probably needed to sit this year out. Um, he only played 17 games um, in his college career at uh, North Dakota state. So, I think, you know, just getting the, the reps in in practice is going to be good for him to get ready and get used to the speed of the game. And then he'll uh, he'll figure it out when the live bullets are flying next year. So out of all the rookie quarterbacks, then who did you who after seeing the tape and seeing them on, we'll throw Trey Lance out of it because we didn't see enough. But out of the ones we saw get a bunch of in-game action, who are you most concerned about going for? If you're a fan of any of these Zach teams, Wilson, who would you easily? Oh, yeah. easily. Yeah, okay. it's not even close. He was awful and i knew so i I caveat this by saying i knew he wasn't going to be good as a rookie he had a long way to go as well he was very raw as a prospect i think that people saw some of the the mahomes ish throws and talked themselves into this dude being patrick mahomes when he just wasn't even close to that um so he has a lot of development that he needs to go through as well um and i'm a a big robert sala guy i like him Uh, he's but not really a, you know, incredible person to talk to, um, but they need to fix that offense and he needs to get himself fixed. Um, and I just, I don't know if he'll get there or not. Do you think it's a scheme thing or do you think it was just the talent around him thing or just like 
It's a him thing. He just so he wasn't ready. Uh, the the offense that he was in in BYU didn't really ask him to do a ton um, from a passing perspective. He's, so mentally, he's just not there yet. It's very much like with with Trey Lance and, and Trey Lance saw a little bit more. Um, but similar offenses, a lot of heavy personnel, play action, shot plays. Um, obviously, Trey Lance only threw the ball like seventeen times a game in, in college as well, so he didn't have to throw the ball a lot either. Lots of QB draws. Lots of QB draws, um, but but with uh, with Zach Wilson, it's just a lot of bad right now that he has to fix, and partially part of that is just him getting beat up, you know, behind an offensive line that lost one of their tackles and, and wasn't great. Um, getting beat up and getting into bad habits on top of that as well. I remember um, I was talking to the New York Daily News Jets beat writer uh, DJ uh, Bienamig uh, about. Uh, Zach Wilson and I remember something he said that stood out to me was that like it was weird that the Jets just didn't sign a veteran like a veteran quarterback in that room there was no one there so it took late in the season they got Joe Flacco and then Flacco and Zach got pretty close and they're still cool if you follow their socials that they're they're cool but like that was like one of those things you don't we don't think about on the outside that you just teams might overlook we're like oh well we don't really like it, it's fine we don't need to throw in a veteran quarterback to like help ease this guy into it but it's like if you were going to bring in a veteran quarterback Flacco actually made a lot of sense because he's coming out of Delaware like when he went right. to the league he played at a small school um, he transferred from Pitt to Delaware but he was someone who was just put up bonkers numbers smaller school um, didn't play in any big college games Zach Wilson coming from BYU to New York it's a humongous transition and yes. like you said with the scheme to not Put just to have like guys like Mike White in that quarterback room was a mistake. Like they did not think that part of it through. And I wonder how much of his development was stunted just by not loading that quarterback room with at least one veteran who's been there and could help help him while he's going through that and really struggling and in a really tough place to struggle, right? Yeah. Right back. Um, as Evan departs for a second. So this is gonna go to you. Dalton, this is going to go to you. Um, Something I think about a lot uh, when it comes to new coaches, and I think a lot of people get wrapped up into this. So like the winning the press conference early when things are awesome, optimism, like, oh, we're going to do great. Like Vanderbilt's a good example. It's like Clark Lee is going to develop a bunch of three stars and two Mm -hmm. stars and we're going to develop and it's going to be it's it's going to be cool. Like we're going to we're going to really develop here. And then you're like, great. What happens in year two when you're still two and ten? Because where are the wins coming from? Like, it's cool to develop some guys and to have a cool culture, but you're eventually going to have to win. I think you're going to know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Dan Campbell's a super likable dude. That team really fought hard for him. Those like the fact that they just like the the tie against the Steelers was awesome. Like they really they should have beat the Bears on Thanksgiving. They they had nothing at receiver. Like it was Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds and just, and they, if without St. Brown in that rotation, I don't even want to know what that group would have looked like this past year, but they were still an awful football team, an awful football team. That division's not getting any easier for them. And Dan Campbell, that kind of stuff works in year one. And I just, I wonder because it looks like Jared Goff is probably going to be under center again for another year. Can you afford with 17 games, a 17 game season to go to win five games over 34? Can you really afford like is the optimism? It's, is it still going to be a fun story? Like I'm thinking about that a lot with this offseason that I wonder with you, 
are you looking and going to be monitoring closely what Detroit does to kind of like jumpstart this rebuild? Because I just, I don't think it's going to last. I really don't. What about you? I love Dan Campbell and I mm-hmm. do think it is going to last. The issue is okay. he's in Detroit and, and Detroit yeah. has just never done anything. So I mean, literally, they they just don't win. So I don't know. I, I think that from a cultural standpoint, he has to be the guy. Um, it's got to work with him because if it doesn't work with him, it's not going to work with anybody. Um, I think that they did a good year, uh, a good thing in year one. I think that, you know, they they built in the trenches a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Penny Soul was a great pick. Felt like their picks on defense were good as well. Um, get a couple guys healthy. That, that defense is looking a lot better. Um, they're going to have a chance to draft one of the top edge rushers in the class as well. So that's going to help. And then, you know, they're going to have to find their quarterback of the future. And I don't know if that's going to be this year or not. If they just punt and say, listen, Jared Goff's going to be the guy this year. We're probably going to win three to four games again. And then hopefully in a better quarterback class with with CJ Stroud um, and Bryce Young, you know, you go after those guys instead. Um, but I could also see them, you know, at 33, getting a Sam Howell, someone like that. Um, with the 33rd pick um, or the 34th pick, sorry. Um, And and so I I think that they could go that way uh, as well. But I I do think that Jared Goff will be the week one starter and probably start for for a good portion of the season before they put the rookie in if they do end up drafting a rookie. So you don't think the way we've seen... No, that team was terrible. I mean, just that uh, it was a pathetic roster. They, they honestly, they shouldn't have won as many games as they did or, or even competed because that's the best thing about this team. And that's why we got excited about them. It's because they were a dumpster fire of a roster and they still competed week in and week out. And I, I feel like once the talent starts to come around a little bit, they're going to start winning some football games. I would like Charles Harris back. We just let him go. And then, of course, he's just a great cultural guy and puts up numbers in Detroit. Um, he bounced around a little bit, but high talent, first former first rounder. I don't know. Like, what about um, who was the Ohio State quarter, a corner they took a couple years ago? Not Oko. Jeffrey Okuda name? got hurt. Okuda. Yeah. Yep. And he just hasn't been good. Is that, are you writing him off? Is he someone who can no. bounce back in Aaron Glenn's scheme? No, um, I'm not writing okay. him off. Um, but they have a couple other guys that can play there too, uh, at, at cornerback, uh, young mm-hmm. guys too. It's a, it's a young group. Uh, so no, I'm not going to write him off yet. I, I think that he can still work out. So what would be your draft board for Detroit or like draft and off season stuff? Like, would you take one of the quarterbacks in this class with one no. of your first round picks? So no way you're Detroit. No. no. Do you think they do it though? Out of desperation, where like they only have that they have that one pick at two, and then they have one in the second round um, at thirty four, and I think that they could use that on a QB if they like one of the QBs. But I would be shocked if they took one and two. I don't think that they should take one and two. Do you? But do you? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think they should roll with Goff? No, I I mean he's not your future. But I don't think if you don't love any of these guys in the class, you you shouldn't draft them. But you, you shouldn't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback. You're not going to be good no matter what this year. So then mm-hmm. if you do draft a quarterback and you're still three and, and 14, it's like, well, now I'm in a situation. I'm in a, I'm in a Josh Rosen and, and Kyler Murray situation here. Where do I, I take, do I take another quarterback with the, the second pick yeah. next year or what? I love what would you, especially to your point, Chase, like they, you know, both what you're talking about, like they really did have a lot of fight and heart in them. If you don't have a quarterback that you like and you've decided you're not going to take one, keep golf. 
stakes are low. Yeah. Give give Dan the the leash, the 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 length, the, the kind of the runway that he needs to do his thing. Maybe this is another uh, you know gimme year for him or whatever. But like, why not? Well, here's what the why not. It's it's like in baseball where there's the apathy stuff. So the Orioles who gave up five years ago and they've been rebuilding. Um, baseball seasons are long, 162 games. And when you drill in to your fan base for about 400 plus games that we are not trying to win a baseball game, 400 plus you go out there and you're like, watch another Orioles game that I know they don't want to win. And I know that they're not going to be favored to win with football. You only get 17 a year, right? And if you, I think it's incredibly risky to commit to 34 games of Jared Goff in back-to-back years. I think that puts such a bad taste in the mouth of so many Lions fans and like the ownership group who's watching this and they're like, are we really, are we doing week 11, Jared Goff? Are, Are we doing this still? And you're like, I understand you don't believe in the quarterbacks. So they're kind of in a really rough spot to me because this was the year where it's like, I wish the quarterback class was deeper. I wish the CJ Strouds and the Bryce Youngs were there so they could take one of them at two. But instead, they they like to Dalton's point, they shouldn't reach. But I'm saying I think you make a trade for a veteran. I think you like get golf out of the building and I think you get somebody else because I don't think you can be better. Like you might just sign Jameis Winston. I don't care. Like, I don't think you can do this and put that kind of product in the offense that we saw last year for 34 straight games. I think it's just, it looks too bad. I think owners and I think fans are just like, no, we're not signing up for this. I'm not watching 34 straight games of Jared Goff. Like the, the optimism, the optimism I think will fade. Is that, is it, does that make sense? So one thing that you have to, you have to look at both sides of it. Mm. They're not, they're not giving up. It would genuinely be a bad idea for them to take a quarterback at two. That would be, Mm -hmm. That to me is just bad. That's more of the same old, sorry, Detroit Lions. Yes. You Last year, you get Panay Sewell, who the people had argued was one of, if not the best prospects, period, in the draft. You get a very solid piece. Late in the season, Panay really started to remind people why he was considered one of the best. They get to potentially get, again, the one of the, if not the best prospects in the draft with Kayvon Thibodeau. From Oregon again, they get Oregon's two, uh, you know, best offensive and best defensive player. The last two you just years. want to create Oregon East. That's what's hey, happening here, Evan. I, I'm just, but my point is, you remember when the 49ers did the same thing, right? They grabbed Eric and they grabbed DeForest, and we're like, we need a quarterback. But they're like, these these are really quality pieces that will be foundations to how you win this football game. And now, if Detroit goes back to back, one of the, the you know the best offensive tackle, the best defensive end. Right. Like those are winning solutions. You're not going to have a quarterback. No, but Hey, this is a bad quarterback here. You take the best player in the draft. And then next year when there is a quarterback, but that's why you sign Jameis or you trade for Mariota or like, that's what I'm saying is like, I think you have to take some kind of, you have to take some kind of chance on another quarterback. I don't think you can do this. Maybe, but like, 
And by all means, like, yeah. Just look at what your team did. Look at San Francisco. You trade like you traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and you still took the quarterback of the future when you were ready, when you were all in right. on Trey Lance. We're like, that's when we'll dip our toes in. That's how I think Detroit should take it. Is like yeah. someone bring in someone to compete with Jared Goff. Yes. Absolutely. But don't waste resources on Jared Goff. Uh, you know, on a on a quarterback. I don't know, man. I just think this is such an offensively driven league and quarterback matters so much and that it how you look offensively week to week matters so freaking much. People lose their minds with Tua. Look at what Dolphins fans did. Like Tua had no help. Like the offensive line was the worst, one of the worst offensive lines in the history of the NFL. And Tua just got crushed. And Tua got crushed all year long and Dolphins fans got antsy. The coach is gone because there was a splintering between whether or not he believed in Tua and Brian Flores. Like that was a splintering that caused everything. Like this is such a, you've got to figure it out with the quarterback league now where it's like this offense needs to be fun. This better be fun to freaking watch on Sundays. There's only 17 games of these are, if we're going to be bad, our offense better be fun. That's I feel like part of the rule now. Dalton, tell me, what are your thoughts? What can the Detroit Lions do by adding an Aiden Hutchinson or a Kayvon Thibodeau? What do you think that team could look like? I mean, they're still going to be bad. It's just it's that's the way that it is. I mean, it, it's it's one player, so it doesn't do a ton for you. And I mean, they could be just absolute freak shows like Micah Parsons, and that can transform a defense. But I think it's going to be really difficult for that team just offensively because they need two two more receivers, really. Yes. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson has to stay healthy. I mean, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown is fine. The offensive line isn't bad, but schematically, they weren't very good last year. They were able to run the ball, but they can't pass it. And that comes down to Jared Goff. And if you want to take a shot, you know, if you want to go after Jameis and free agency, you know, you can. But that's really the only option you have. You, you're not going to go out and trade for any other veterans because no other veterans are going to want to come to you. And if you want a good player, they're going to have no trade clauses and nobody is getting traded to Detroit. Yeah, and there is some history there, right? The New Orleans folks up there in Detroit um, with Jameis. I I would go after Jameis. That's what I would do if I was Detroit. I would sign Jameis and see what happens. Um, well, let's move to another big thing that I thought was interesting. Uh, this is Evans' uh, two minutes of just joy. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, who. Right. I said a week, I guess several weeks ago, where I was like, "There's something weird here," and Evan was like, "I don't know." I was like. I, I there's something weird about the Kyler Murray situation and just how this is all going. And I don't know if y'all remember that Dan Patrick interview Kyler did from a couple of years ago before where he was just like not really saying much and being kind of odd about if he was going to play baseball or play football. And I think he did the same on the Rich Eisen show, but I just Kyler's an odd dude. I think we can agree on that at this point that we think he's kind of odd and if I'm a Cardinals fan, like what, what do you want? Because now you're going to have to pay him. Now that Kingsbury's locked in, Steve Kimes locked in, you're going to have to make Kyler Murray the highest paid player in the NFL. And I, I would be concerned, but it's also like these guys are hard to find. And I, but I, I would just be like, am I really hitching my wagon to the Kyler Murray experience year over year? Is that what we're doing? Is this going to be a fun ride (laughs) year over year? What, Yeah. What do you all think about this situation now that Cliff and Kime 
signed extensions, and Kyler is still sitting there on the outside looking in. Well, you remember the conversation that you and I were having was Kyler was like, I right, pay me. And, we're, you know, I was like sitting here, you know, because I will usually defend players at all times getting their money. But you were kind of like, yeah, but the, the situation is kind of weird, right? How he's doing it, like the way he's talked, the way he's approached things, you know, kind of weird. And I was like, eh, if you're a player, always <laughs> go get your money because I've always said that, right? Here we are, though, and he comes out with this like, statement to the fans as if anyone asked for it it was like very small print too Uh, not friendly to the far-sighted yeah it was like uh i'm sorry for your loss or congratulations or whatever but i'm not reading that Uh you know um but yeah i uh i don't know man i don't know man i'm pretty happy love to see some drama in an nfc west team so let's just send russell wilson uh Across the country, let's have Tyler implode the team from within, and then let's have the Rams just fall apart because they, you know, bet everything on last season. Well, Evan, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna say something to that. Dalton has to run, but Dalton, any final words on your? Oh yeah, I can podcast? talk. I can actually talk about this um, okay. because I <laughs> because I was in Texas for a long time, six years. Um, oh, I when saw, Kyler I, was there. Yeah. I just saw Kyler grow up towards the end there. Um, I saw the debacle at Texas A&M um, before he went to Oklahoma. I don't know him personally. So this is all third party and, and, and other, but not, not easy to, to be around, not an easy person to, to work with him, his father, both of them, um, he dangled baseball before the NFL draft as well. And this is something that you're going to get. It drama kind of follows Kyler Murray no matter what. And I think he's a phenomenal talent. He's a freak of nature. He's so difficult to kind of pin down rushing him. Um, he's a fantastic rusher as well. He doesn't take unnecessary hits. You know, that baseball background, he's got that slide down. Um, but I mean, he's just. There's always something with Kyler Murray. Um, and I, I think that it's going to be an issue when it comes to getting this contract because, listen, we're not even to year four yet for him. He's got two more years left. That was my point. That's deal. what I was saying to Evan. Like, yeah. he still has two years. Like, yes. and you cannot want to win. If you want this, you don't want to win, right? Like, that is not what you want for your team. You do not want to win games because your contract being what it was is the reason that DeAndre Hopkins is in the building right now. Yeah. Well, if they do the extension, it wouldn't start until after his fifth year anyway. Right. So they would have two years of a reprieve. reprieve. They could. Sure. Yeah. Now they they can they can do things to make the the cap hit spread out and and things of that nature. Um. But yeah, it, it wouldn't really necessarily mess with them until year six of of his NFL career. But you just don't really know what you have. He was he was injured. He was in and out. He wasn't very good towards the end of last season. And I think that this is a push been like, hey, I'm smaller quarterback. I might get banged up a little bit. I want my money now. And that's kind of what it feels like. And that's just not good business. Yeah, I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm nervous. I just and like you said, it's just six years. It's just going to follow him. Like he seems like it's just someone. This is what you're signing up for. And I don't know, man. I Kyler's a hey, this is uh, this is going to be fun to monitor. And Evan's going to enjoy every every second of it. But Dalton, how do the good folks check out your work and all the other good folks over there at the Pro Football Network? 
Yes. Well, just go to the Pro Football Network. Um, I'm going to get like two hours of sleep next week during free agency. We're going to be going absolutely insane with the content that we have coming out for the NFL free agency. This is kind of like our Super Bowl, um, even though we went to the Super Bowl. This is kind of like our other Super Bowl. Um, we're really trying to put out our best content over the next two weeks. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it there. You can follow me on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller if you want to. Uh, you'd be an idiot if you did. Um, but you can follow me on Twitch at the same uh, name as well. There you go. There you go. Evan, the good folks, 49ers sub, what can they look for? What what can they expect? Uh, What's going on over there? New White Claw flavors coming <laughs> out soon. <laughs> no, honestly, Dalton, it's always such a pleasure to have you on. You're just you work harder than anyone I know. You know your stuff, so it's a pleasure to have you on. 49, 49ers Hub always got great writers over there putting out great content all the time. Um, I think I haven't seen any in a long time. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, go see the Batman. Oh, there you go. I haven't All seen right. it yet. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Don't yeah. see it. Bye, Dalton. Chase, bye, Dalton. Chase, you would love the Batman. I, I, I mean, it it's was, right it up my alley. Good, it was a good movie. Good yeah. movie. Like, a, take all the superhero stuff. Fantastic movie, man. So you saw it. Did you see it in IMAX or did you see it regular? I didn't see it in IMAX because I literally mm. could not find tickets anywhere all weekend. I literally hmm. got because I was it was me and two of my other buddies, so obviously seeing with three tickets in a row was not easy. But we couldn't find tickets anywhere, so ended up seeing it at a regular theater. Uh, it's a it's a dark movie, but it's not bad. And in, in uh, it was kind of hard to hear uh, uh, some of the characters that were maybe like muttering a little bit. So I wish I would have seen it in IMAX. I'm going to go see it in IMAX. There you go. There you go. Well, it's going to be a shorter pod tonight, Evan, because we've all got a wrap, uh, unfortunately. But there you go. But this is good. We hit a lot of stuff, more stuff. Um, Mr. Swords, what do what do the people do? Um, you had the week off last week. What um, you're back in the home base. You've had time to to practice a little bit on what you want to say here. Um, yeah, right. What's the, Here's the reality. Here's the reality. So we've talked about this ad nauseum. So the listeners, they've already given a five-star review, right? Like they've already done it. They've been listening to this for a long time. They know they're good people, right? They're good, you know, Midwest, Southern hospitality, right? These are Mm -hmm. good salt of the earth people. And they know that you give a five-star review to people like Chase that have this podcast where he does every single sport. He has great Guests on all the time. Obviously, not me. I'm kind of more just here. No, you're a great guest. But, but you you're know, great, great guests. guests, smart guests like Dalton, uh, and you know, all that work and effort really deserves it. But you've already done it. So what you're gonna do now is you're gonna go ask your mom to give her. You know, next time you go see your parents, hey, borrow my phone. Let me borrow your phone real quick, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna go on their their podcast app, iPhone, or whether it's you know Google Play. Right. You're gonna go and you're gonna rate five stars with your family member's phone or your girlfriend's phone or your boyfriend's phone. It's just, it's the right thing to do. And that's what we're doing here. We're doing the right thing. We're celebrating Chase because he works his ass off. It's a nice thing to do. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Well, Evan, we can find you on Twitter at Burner underscore swords. And uh, go keep up with the good folks at 49ers Hub. And also go support the good folks over there at Dalton's Committee Pro Football Network. They also do great work, uh, all things NFL. So, And go give them a follow if you have not already. And if you like watching uh, folks play video games, watch Dalton play video games on Twitch. Um, he's a great, he's a great, great Twitch 
uh, follow for sure. He's Thank very God. entertaining. Mr. Swords, always a pleasure. And I will talk to you next week. All right, that'll do it for the Tuesday, March 8th edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, several new episodes coming tomorrow, so look out for that on this feed. But thank you again to Dalton and Evan for coming on today's edition of the podcast. If you enjoyed us talking all things NFL, please do make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, don't forget, folks, um, you can also go check us out on YouTube, youtube.com. Uh, type in the Chase Thomas podcast. That simple. Hit that subscribe button, like, share it out. All that good stuff would greatly appreciate it. Uh, also, go check out the homepage, chasethomaspodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.